All right, and we are live. What a crazy few past hours. Jin, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Jin. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. It's, it's, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. Um, you know, you, you've been a great person in the community. Uh, you've got, uh, you've got great ties to everything that's going on right now. So we're super happy to have you. Uh, let's Thanks start you guys off. Are reading something awesome. Happy to be, you know, just talking about this. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you. Um, let's start off with a little, uh, little intro into who, who's Jin? Who's, okay, who's sure. this mythical, mythical Jin? Well, not, not that mythical. My profile is public. So, you know, hi everyone. Name's Jin. Um, I'm head of product over here, uh, over at CoinGecko. Um, as the name suggests, I do all the product related things. I help the company do, uh, prioritization and yeah, generally just product things. Perfect. Perfect. I guess, how did you, how did you get into, um, how did you get into CoinGecko or how did you get into crypto? Like at all? I've looked at your, I looked at your background. It's not necessarily, uh, um, you know, crypto, crypto focus. You started off as, as a chemical engineer, correct? Yes, I did. I did. Um, I mean, I, I guess I, I didn't actually, I mean, I studied chemical engineering, but I didn't really actually practice it much. I did a bit of work as a chemical engineer, but I never really got into it. And I got interested with IT related things. Um, and then by chance, I stumbled upon Bitcoin and I went down the rabbit hole. I started doing some uh, mining, mining all the random altcoins during 2017. Um, it was fun, right? And then a year later or so, I, I got in touch with um, Bobby and TM, CoinGecko's co-founder. And then we chatted a little bit and it just happened that, you know, they were looking for more people to join the company and I was looking to, you know, uh, branch out a bit more. And then I felt like crypto was a very exciting industry. And voila, here I am. And tonight, prove to prove everything to be true. What an exciting night! <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it it was it was insane. I mean, you you go to sleep, you see you see some you know some emblems of things going down, and then you wake up and you're like, what, what the hell just happened? Uh, yeah, you yeah, wake up with half your network gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you said it's an exciting time. Explain your excitement with these uh, with these swings. Um. I think the, 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 the one positive thing that's really coming out of this swing, and I'm sorry if this is not a good time for anyone, but uh, you know, it's definitely a bad time for everyone. It's just that if you look at this positively, there's more chance to buy more. Um, that or it's, it's just a good time to just take your mind off the markets a bit. It gets a bit tiring you know, when you just keep looking at the charts. Uh, if there is going to be a bit of a slowdown, then perhaps you know, it's time to really just take a short break. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, that, that brings up a interesting question. So you, you're talking about taking a break from looking at charts. Coin, mm-hmm. Coin Gecko, a lot of charts all day. <laughs> yes, it's what I do for a living every day. So I can't really escape it. I'm just saying, you know, just so that I don't sound like a degenerate. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe walk us through what like what your day-to-day kind of looks like at, at CoinGecko, I think. Okay, head of, head of product, what exactly, what exactly is CoinGecko's product? Right, so I think to give a brief introduction to CoinGecko is that, you know, if you're using or looking at crypto, you, definitely, you will definitely need CoinGecko because what we provide over at CoinGecko is, you know, a, the quickest or easiest way for you to check prices, 
look up your portfolio, look for historic, look for historical data. And if you're a builder or you're a developer, you can also use our API, right? These, these are all useful things and data points for you to make an informed decision when you are trading crypto or looking at crypto, be it um, data points or the chart themselves. I think these are all the things that we offer as a product. And these are all the things that I've, uh, that we offer just, you know, just right off the bat, you can access them for free. There's no, um, you don't have to feel, you know, you don't have to feel obliged to sign up, to do anything. You can just use all of those data on our site to help you make decisions as a trader or just investing. Yeah. Okay. So how does, how does CoinGecko make, make money? Um, for our site, it's mostly you add revenue based. If you go on to site, you will see there's a top banner, and then if you open the coin pages, there's like some uh, sponsored exchanges and all that. Yeah, these are the advertisements that you have at CoinGecko. Ah, okay. So we have we have ad blockers. We don't see any of that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no worries, dude. I mean, I mean, these days most people use it. Um, it's just fair, right? No, exactly, exactly. Yeah, okay. It's fine. Don't worry about it. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Uh, so, what, what's what's the team? What's the team like? And sorry, Ben, just butt in. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I Can talk. you maybe talk to us a little bit about the culture within CoinGecko? Sure. Um, we're quite startup-ish over here at CoinGecko, right? Uh, back many years back, our both our founders bootstrapped the company and there was just the two of them. And today, uh, there's about 30 of, 30 of us in the company. But our culture is still very much startup-ish. Um, we try to move fast. We try to talk to each other on a regular basis. Um all the things that you would expect in a startup, you know, like working in sprints, trying to break the silos and all those things. That's pretty much the culture we have here at CoinGecko. Um, I think open communication is one of the things that we try to practice as much as we can. Um, it's just a lot of pinging each other and, and you know, getting each other to talk. Yeah. The culture, it's uh, it's a bit frantic, I would say. Very hectic, especially in, in the current market conditions. There's no rest. Yeah. Yeah. But it's fun. It's very fun. I, I very much enjoy it. I came from corporate. And moving to a startup that's as hectic as this. Um, I mean, I guess as long as my body can take it, I enjoy it. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, that's that's great. And so again, like you're, um, you said there's thirty of you. Thirty of you. Um, are you all dispersed, kind of around the world? Are you all kind of focused around the headquarters? Is it? Uh, is it? We're pretty much focused. Uh, at the headquarters here in, okay. in Malaysia. Yeah, most of us are here. Okay. Okay. So before before pandemic, it was probably a really close, close-knit, really fun office, but now kind of just dispersed uh, dispersed around the city, though. Okay. Yes. Bingo. There we go. Yeah. Okay. And just a personal question. So were you, mm-hmm. were you like a, a chart guru before CoinGecko? Like no. even now, do you read? Do you read the charts? Do you are you like uh, one of those people that can predict uh, all of these crashes before they, before they happen? No, definitely not. <laughs> I was a very horrible trader back then, <laughs> and today I'm just a horrible trader with access to more charts. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't read. I can't really read. I mean, I I don't have the necessary technical abilities to do all the analysis like you know many of the gurus in the space do. I think what they yeah. do is amazing, but you know, I, it's just probably not my thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I assume I assume that you probably have a ton of friends though that because you work with CoinGecko, like they're always hitting you up. 
should I buy? Should I buy? Like, tell me the prices I need to buy. Am I yeah. correct in that? Yeah, I, I always, yes, I get a lot of the questions and the way I answer them is mostly, um, so I'll ask them this question, like, do you mind if this money goes to zero tomorrow? If you don't, then probably try to buy in, but slowly, right? My answer is always the yeah. same. Yeah, okay. Do it, but slowly and only if you can afford to really spend that money. Otherwise, you know, I, I think it's just a bit too risky. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't really, again, everyone's behaving the same here, like not financial advice, right? Yeah. <laughs> just don't want to be, not worth it. You know, the friendship is worth more than that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I guess, so who who is, who is your, your ideal user at, uh, at CoinGecko? The ones who don't use ad blockers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, guys. I'm just kidding. I mean, honestly, though, uh, we don't really have an a, a ideal type of user, if you ask me, because our market is pretty broad. Uh, we try to capture everyone that you know wants to get in touch with crypto, which ties back to the first point that I said. If you're looking at crypto, be it as a casual user, a more professional user, or a uh, developer, right? We we got we have all the tools for you, right? The ones that we don't capture probably are the really professional ones that, you know, require really advanced charting tools and all that. But mm-hmm. beyond that, um, I think, uh, aside from, aside from that, we probably have all of the other users as our target user. And the ideal user would definitely be, um, your regular retail crypto trader, I would say. Yeah. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, amid all this rubble that's, you know, happening all right now, um, there are some coins not doing too bad, uh, like Matic. They're not doing as bad as everyone else. What, what do you think about Polygon and the, the whole project that Sandeep's got going on? I I must admit, at first when they first when it first came out, I wasn't very impressed. Like there was nothing much going on for I think for a couple of months or the longest time, right? And then um, it started taking a bit more. It started got getting a bit more attention with some of the games going on. Like I think Avigochi was one of it, one of the earlier ones who got on. Um, yeah, and then I think I think from there on, uh, the narrative quickly shifted, you know, towards quicker and and cheaper chains as soon as Eve's L two got delayed, and then at the same time it was also the same time as when Eve got a lot more attention. But then, uh, unfortunately, the bots and you know all the things happening on chain also got a lot more intense. So most people could no longer afford the gas prices on ETH, right? And then they moved over to BSC, right? But then and as, as BSC got more attention, people understood how nice it was, you know, not to wait for 15 seconds or whatnot. And yeah, that, that got a lot of traction. And then all of this translated into knowledge that people would, people would try to link it that, whoa, Matic or Polygon has something similar, right? And this is also equally amazing and an and experience that's, you know, I don't, pay much fees and it's fast and I'm not worried about the security of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, that's pretty much, I think how, uh, Matic in my opinion got a lot of market share as well. After the gaming part, it was the recognition coming from people who, you know, uh, wanted to escape the fees of Eve and people came from BSC and, and of course the last, I think last but not least, you know, would be projects like yourself and many other projects who built on Polygon that really attracts people because, like how Eve started on, um, I think, in, in last many, many years back when DeFi started, it was just lending and borrowing platforms. But that translated into, you know, allowing a very great capital efficiency or allowing people to turn over their capital very effectively. And, and I think that attracts a lot more 
um, liquidity or money in the longer run into into the whole chain itself. So yeah, overall to answer that question, pretty pretty positive about you know the direction things are going with with uh, Matic Polygon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think you'd be here if uh, if you weren't. We- <laughs> yes. <laughs> We wouldn't be talking to you if you, if you weren't a little, little right. bullish on uh, on Polygon. Um, right, so, right. <laughs> uh, you mentioned you mentioned the DeFi the DeFi space, um, mm-hmm. and uh, so I wanted to I wanted to dive into maybe what are your what are your thoughts moving forward? What does what does DeFi the DeFi space need to do to really hit that next next frontier? Um, I think looking at the way things are going right now. Um, it's probably important for DeFi to be more accessible to the masses. Uh, I mean, looking at me as a retail user, if you tell me, you know, to get on Matic, uh, I will have to go, let's say, on Coinbase, on Binance, pay some money, get some Matic, and then withdraw it out to my MetaMask wallet on Ethereum, um, and then bridge it over to Matic, or, sorry, Polygon, right? That, that itself is a huge friction. I think yeah. the onboarding or like the part where people can ex- actually access the chain needs to be a lot easier. And the use on, I, I think it reflects that this is reflected in the use that you see on the Matic chain because generally it's a little bit higher than everywhere else. Um, and I think it's, you know, just a result of people not being able to effectively or easily onboard their capital over. So uh, that, 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 that would be one step, you know, to, definitely looking at right now because it's, it's yeah. kind of hard. I think it, if you're in India, they have some onboard, on-ramping like uh, solutions. But uh, yeah, especially here in the East Coast, uh, it's kind of complicated. Yeah, I mean, and you're absolutely right. I like anytime you try and you try and bridge, and you have to pay seventy, thirty, sometimes two hundred dollars to yeah. you know of, of, of ETH gas fees. Uh, hopefully, they're they're maybe down a little bit just with the price of <laughs> price of ETH tanking. Yeah, I heard the gas fees are really tanking. Uh, <laughs> not like that. Not like that. This is not how I want guest piece to be. <laughs> yeah, very sweet, man. Both. Yeah, exactly. If if L two can't come quicker, let's just tank the prices of ETH. Make the make the gas fees cheaper, right? That that, that hurts. Uh. <laughs> um. So okay. So like you see, you see that as as being that that next next frontier of. Uh, of the DeFi space, what other what other trends are emerging? Trends are you seeing in the space right now, or what, what's making you excited about the space? I think for one, um, the you know the the uprising of let's say both BSC and and Matic and even Phantom, right? I think it brought upon like huge amount of people who previously never bothered with Ethereum because even even when Ethereum was cheaper, nobody would bother with like ten dollar per swap. All right, to put in my money on Maker and then I paid $50 to create a vault, paid twenty another $20 to get some die out of it, right? No, nobody would be excited about that. Mm-hmm. But I think with the advent of, you know, much cheaper transactions, um, in, in, in addition to making it easier for people to onboard themselves or just to try out some of these uh, the apps, it also makes integration with real-world things much, much easier, right? Uh, it, it, as a company, if I were to build something, let's say a, a e-wallet, right, that leverages on, uh, cheese vaults. Um, I could do that much easily than if I were to do it on ETH because it's just so much cheaper on my company's coffers compared to trying to do it on ETH, 
right? Yeah, try to earn some use for my users when they, they put their cash in in the e-wallet, right? So this is probably one of the one of the use cases. And this is one of the things that makes me just a bit more excited about all these new chains coming up, all these new use, new, all these new possible use cases that, you know, uh, companies or people could leverage on or at least get exposed to um, at a fraction of a cost compared to just ETH itself. Yeah. Yeah, we're all very excited for, for a future of... Uh... Polygon dominance, you know, <laughs> people, people taking advantage of the of the comfort, right? Um, no right, bias. Right. No, no, of course not. No yeah. biases. Completely impartial. Yeah. <laughs> so, CoinGecko, what what's what's new for for CoinGecko? Yeah, what, what, what are some things in the pipeline for them? Right. Um, yeah, I think right now on CoinGecko, the new the new things that we're looking at, right? Uh, one of it is, of course, to buff up our API. I think a lot of our users have been asking, you know, for a more robust API, a more powerful API that they can use. Um, and that's kind of what we are working on, one of it. And also, I mean, of course, uh, similarly in, in our product itself, there's the portfolio things that we're always improving on, uh, our API. And I think we also try to look more on how we can get data more reliably from the space. Because as you may have seen on CoinGecko, like a lot of those um, coins on the quicker chains, Phantom, Matic, or even BSC, they sometimes fail to get transferred over due to yeah. the you know the uh, disruption in the data providers uh, because the volume of data is just so huge coming from all of these places. Um, yeah, so that's that's, some, that's one of the bigger challenges we're trying to tackle. And uh, you know, if if our, our engineers are working really hard on it, and and you know, if we're successful at this, hopefully we'll be much much more reliable when it comes to all of you know what, capturing all of these new trades that that's happening in the space. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I guess I, I mean, yeah, we're we're seeing we're seeing kind of some of some of those issues right now. I know we're on, like for example, Chi is on on Coin Gecko, but we can't necessarily see the uh, the price updates um, right. frequently. Uh, you were saying that that's that's an issue with the faster faster um, networks. Uh, could you dive a little bit more into that? Sure. Um, so I think for the case in Chi, it was it's not so the issue where I mentioned about the faster chains, it does not affect all of the coins, right? So it seems like if you've noticed um for let's say Binance Smart Chain coins, some of them work, some of them don't. Um and that's likely because some of the data are not getting passed correctly or getting processed correctly at our data provider's end. And that causes us to not be able to uh, show up some of the data, right? And for Chi's uh, case, I think Right now, Chi is paired with uh, Mematic. Mm-hmm. And the way things are structured, um, if it's not paired against a very... Uh... So I'm not quite sure. There's two, there's two reasons here that I'm not, uh, I, I may not be able to fully uh, explain it without you know, uh, checking in with the engineering team. But one of it could be because we are unable to get the price or we are able to match the price of Chi with Mematic based on the data that we are getting uh, for quick swap. Right. Gotcha. And yeah, and the other one is it may also be because um the yeah, actually I think mainly most likely it will be reason number one, right? And I, I, I need to check with the engineers on how, how we can actually fix this. But I believe that the new solutions that we're working on will hopefully help, you know, alleviate some of these issues. There we go. That's yeah. what that's yeah. what I want to hear. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I want to be able to open my uh my ad free coin gecko uh <laughs> <laughs> you mean ad block coin gecko? <laughs> yeah, yeah, ad block. There we go. Ad blocked, ad free. Um, <laughs> and be able to see uh, see the prices of cheat. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and so, yeah, we, we, we've, we, I guess, brought up, uh, brought up Chi and I know that you've been, you've been a great supporter of, of Chi Dao from, from the get go. Uh, right. I wanted to, wanted to get maybe some more thoughts on the project in general or some, some of the man's, man's thoughts of the project. Right. Sure. I, I think right now. It's good and bad also. Sure. Uh, let's let's start with the good ones, all right? Um, I, I think you guys built a pretty solid community right there. You guys started from nothing, not a sales, not anything. It's just you know fair, fair you farming for all the people who join in, uh, and and that I think that brought you a very good bunch of you know community members who are quite invested in it, um, people who are very passionate about the project itself, uh, without minus minus a bunch of moon boys and whatnot, right? So that's that's a really good thing, and I mean of course you guys are doing. Uh, you guys are pushing out new developments quick and that's always a welcome sight. Um, and, and I think you guys also managed to attract, you know, quite a bit of capital uh, over at Qi. And, and these are some of the good things that, you know, I think things been happening for Qi. And yeah, I, I think uh, that's the, you know, the, the, the good, the benefits of not running a sale and doing a fair launch you farming. Mm-hmm. So yeah, great work on that one. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank and then, yeah. And then the, I think the third, the, 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 the bad things, not necessarily bad, you know, it's probably more like points for improvement uh, would be, I think right now it's going through a bit of a rough patch uh, as indicated on the price itself. Right. And, okay. and I'll just be brutally honest here. If I look at the price of Chi versus the price of other assets, you know, in, in the market itself, it's, it's pretty clear that Chi had a fairly, uh, what's the word? Exaggerated drawdown you know, compared to other assets. Mm-hmm. But I mean, although that's to be expected, you know, due to it being yield farm, but if we look at it, you know, uh, just objectively, it also indicates that, you know, I think Chi itself currently is just being oversupplied uh, from being farm and, and there's not enough demand for Chi itself. Because um, if you look at, I think that the, the way things are designed right now, Chi does not have enough of a utility to it, to it uh, be it, used as a voting mechanism, used as a revenue capture. Um, and that's just too much people who are looking to farm chi and just, you know, selling it for stables as with more few farming projects. There's no avoiding that for sure. Yeah. yeah. But if, you know, there will be more uh, utility or revenue shared over to chi, I think that will change things quite a bit. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No, thank you. Thank you for uh, sharing all of those. Uh, have uh, and also just just question on on how do you see how do you see like the future of of stable coins being in the in the DeFi space? Like, what's the role of a stable coin in your mind? Uh, I, I mean, role of a stable coin. I mean, as with all medium of exchange, uh, stable coins or like the reason fiat is so useful is because it's always you know it has a known value to it. Um, it has a stable float stable value that the market accepts, right? And compared to using other crypto, let's say Matic or ETH, using stablecoin to transact in everything just makes things a bit more convenient. I mean, I, I like to price my bread in, in, in Mimatic, right? Rather than pricing it in Chi or pricing it in Matic. So the role of stablecoins, I think within the DeFi space itself, uh, number one is to, it just, just make things, just makes everything that people look at much more clearer. Um, TVL in $10 billion versus TVL in 5 billion Matic, right? The, the 10 billion TVL is just much easier to read for most users. And it makes a lot more sense for all of the 
you know, borrowing, lending, and whatnot. You you need some form of value to compare to, right? So stablecoins, I mean, definitely great great use case within uh, DeFi space itself. You you want to have stablecoins, or in the case of I think Mematic, allowing people to spend their technically spend their matic without actually spending it. Yeah, that's you know capital efficiency right there. <laughs> trying, trying. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, I think you guys are doing a lot of work there, uh, trying to grow the protocol and 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 you know trying to move things up a bit. Yeah, I appreciate I, it. Yeah. Definitely more more things to come. Sorry, I think I, I cut you off. Yeah. Hey, no worries, no worries. All good. I, I think I see quite a few uh, comments. I just looked at it. At the yeah, site. yeah, that's no, really popping. That's that's what I was I was looking at as <laughs> well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, can we yeah, get that now? Yeah. You want to talk about the comments a little bit? Uh, um, let's see. Is there one that that stands out to you? Um, I think I see the word ceiling the most there. <laughs> yeah, we're not racing the ceiling, guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I <don't know> <laughs> yeah I, I think I think the ceiling ceiling thing is uh something that yeah I think you guys do have to take care a bit better of when it comes to managing the debt ceiling. It's, it's good to have more chi. I mean, it's good to have more mematic floating out there. But I think right now, most of the mematic is just getting used to farm. Farm chi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially, I think with, with adamant coming, adamant uh, farms, I think that the dump pressure just increased by quite a bit as Correct. well. Yeah, I, I think that's quite quite painful. And and um, you probably have to take a bit better care on like the debt ceiling. Otherwise, you just raise, you, you're just increasing supply in this in the, at this rate of uh you know mimetic without actually increasing the demand for chi yeah that's, that's i think that that's quite dangerous yeah yeah now we were definitely definitely take that taking that into uh consideration and kind of looking at different different ways to you know to kind of move move that yes. uh, that step forward and and definitely listening to the you know, Lao is definitely listening to the community and kind of mm-hmm. um, letting us know where to where to go, uh, right. or where to help steer that that ship. So um, I, I know we're we're kind of running into. I we want to respect the time, and I know it's late over there uh, <clears throat> in Malaysia, and so we have a few more questions. Uh, yeah, you, no worries. Got the time. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I mean, degenerates never sleep. <laughs> there we go. There we go. In market, yeah, also especially in markets like this, like, yeah, mm-hmm. there's no, there's no sleeping. Um, yeah. Uh, what can the community do to help you or Coin Gecko? Kind of, what's your, what's your ask for the community? Oh, um, I think this one's pretty easy, pretty straightforward for us. Just use Coin Gecko more often. Um, okay. You know. Just check prices on CoinGecko. If you have, I think that then the next, the next most important one is, um, if you really like, you know, you find something that isn't doesn't look right or doesn't feel right, feel free to hit me up, you know, on on Twitter or any anywhere else you see me in Telegram. Just let me know, right? If any part of CoinGecko just doesn't work for you, just sucks, let me know, right? I I would love to improve it for you, and like our team is ready to make things better if we can. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. That's a that's a real real head of product right there. <laughs> yeah, I gotta do what I gotta do, man. <laughs> as a as a parting question, so who do you think we should uh, talk to in the community next? Feel free to. Uh, mm. 
I know you guys had a a you know a, a chat with the Polygon team back then, but I think it would be pretty exciting to just you know since you guys launched uh, and you attracted some capital on your side, uh, it may be interesting to talk to the Polygon guys and see you know if if they have any plans to grow the ecosystem and uh, bring more of other projects in that could actually leverage uh, Nematic. And I think that's one way you could really really drive a lot more value to. Uh, people wanting to hold chi or just wanting to use mimetic because uh, I just saw a comment on from from John actually I think it reminded me of something uh, akin to the early days of MakerDAO. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean they stumbled a lot in the beginning. They they had a lot of issues here and there. I mean they they even went through the uh, Black Thursday and all that, right? And I think going slow and steady for uh, mimetic is probably very important in a sense. You you want to be slow and steady in, in trying to build up the use cases for Mimetic uh, and, and you know, not, not trying to expand it too quickly because otherwise there, otherwise there will be no way for me as a user to actually want to use my Mimetic, right? Mm-hmm. And having a depth ceiling that, if you look at it this way, having a depth ceiling that's always filled is actually amazing because uh, people want things that they can't get, right? Yeah. The more I see the depth ceiling being filled, the more upset I'm. Like, I just want to get in, <laughs> right? So I, I think if you guys can score like some of these, uh, I don't want to use the word partnerships, but uh, saw some of these ways to work with other projects or new and upcoming projects within the Polygon space itself. As you talk to the Polygon team, um, that would be actually pretty amazing, right? More ways to use Mimetic, more demand to Mimetic, and then just grow it slowly and steady from that point onwards. And then once you have a demand for Mimetic, I think the sky's the limit, right? Much like, you know, Maker is, there's so much revenue going around. You can just do anything you want with the token or the, the Chi token itself. Or as a, as a, you know, a community project, there's so much things that you can do once there's use case for Mimetic itself. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome, Jin. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for for always, always providing our you know, giving us giving us some time and uh, sharing your thoughts. Uh, you've been a you've been a tremendous help throughout the um, throughout the early days, and um, you really want to you really want to say thank you for that, and thank you for coming up on this uh, this Cheetow chat. It's <laughs> my pleasure, guys. <laughs> I know it's late over there for you, but uh, but do you do you ever sleep? Uh, yes, but not enough. <laughs> <laughs> you see, right, right after this call, back at the chats. <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right. Well, we'll, no, we'll, we'll, go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to you know be chatting with you guys. I think uh, it's just fun to get you know. I mean, thank you for listening as well, right? It's probably a lot of thoughts in my head, and I'm just happy to share it. And uh, <laughs> John, it's fine. He doesn't sleep. Yeah. Um, I'm just happy to share all the thoughts and, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm pretty much, I'm very bullish on like how Chi can go and looking forward to what you guys are doing with it as well. So, you know, keep up the good work. And I think that's like your, your telegram and discord doesn't really sleep either. Like there's always a bunch of good feedback inside and you have like a bunch of great committee members. I think just taking into, taking into consideration whatever they say there, uh, is probably going to steer in a really good direction and earn you a bunch of really loyal following. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Jen. Uh, we look forward to chatting again kind of offline and um, yeah, we'll see yeah, you. Definitely. Uh, we'll see you soon. Yes.
Take care, guys. Awesome. See you guys soon. All right. Thank you. See you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks again for having me. Yeah. Bye. Absolutely. <laughs>